0: Da, 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 da. Laura, hello, Mark, hello. You okay? Good
1: morning,
0: uh, yes, fine. Yeah, We're, right, we're just wait, waiting for the uh, our social media feeds to go live, Laura, before um, it goes uh, fully fully live. Um, I had a catch up with the HDB and uh, with with Mark and uh, Isaac recently. We had a bit of a review, and they said, Max, you're doing really well and you're really helping to promote the AHDB and the talking leaders, but is there something else we could do? Is there like a, another presenter that you could bring on that would um, would compliment you? Um, so Laura, Mark, I, I want you to, is it okay if I introduce you to our new presenter? Go for it. Here's my new presenter. Oh, see, <laughs> so,
2: yeah. What That's
1: impressive, yeah. <laughs> I think so, you've got the gig. It's yes. very yes. hard for them who
0: are sitting up to that. So yeah. this is Ronnie. Ronnie, say hello to everyone. Right, Ronnie, thank you very much. Yeah, he's one of our, our new bean, Beanstalk dogs. Everyone say hello to Laura. Laura, say hello to everyone. Hello, everyone. We have got the pleasure on Beanstalk, beanstalk Global, AHDB talking leaders of having Laura Ryan on, talking about building a global network. Uh, Mark, before we get going with, uh, with with Laura and having a really deep dive as to what she does and these uh, eclectic, amazing businesses that she's involved with, groups, being the likes of the Global Meat Alliance and Meat Business Women, HDB. Let's sing for our dinner, Mark. Can you just tell us about the HDB and why we need to get everyone signed up, listening to to, to, to the likes of these broadcasts and uh, getting more involved with the HDB. Mark, over to you.
2: Excellent, thank you, Max. And good morning, everyone. Uh, And thank you, Laura, for being on with us today. So the HDB, we're the Agriculture and Horticulture Development Board, we're a levy board that are there to help support for farmers and from the four main sectors um, to to, to better um, push their businesses forward and, and, and help them and strive through the challenges that we're facing. From the part that i play i look after the agri leader program um, which the agri leader program focuses all around anything to do with people management uh, and the people side um, of our industry and talking leaders here today it's, it's it's getting great individuals such as laura to just delve a little bit into to, to their world and their lives and some areas of expertise that they've got that maybe could give them um, give us and our listeners and uh, watchers a bit of an idea of how to, to push their business forward
0: excellent mark thank you and uh, Um, Laura, we've had some superstars on uh, this this program before. We've had people who've walked up Everest. We've had Olympic downhill downhill skiers, but we've never had anyone who has been on the front cover of the Grocer magazine. No, See
1: it, it's not very comparable um unfortunately with downhill skiing and and Everest but I'll take a little bit of the glory thank
0: you very much. The, the problem to, and to everyone I was just saying to Laura in the uh in the green room before we went live that uh um I went round uh WH Smith's Tesco's Asda Sainsbury's and Barry and Edmonds trying to get a copy of a physical copy of the Grocer because our subscription uh, copy for some reason hadn't come in but they'd all sold out because of Laura. Laura is yeah, a sensation I, in Bury St Edmunds in Suffolk.
1: I said my mum's driven around the country and bought them all. I think
0: that's <laughs> the inside track on that one. Excellent. So, so guys, uh, let's get this all set up, especially for those on the on the podcast. We're live on LinkedIn, uh, YouTube, uh, Twitter, and, uh, and and Facebook, and uh, we just want to give a bit more of an understanding as to who Laura is and, and why we're so pleased to have her on today. Laura is an expert in building global networks and driving transformational change across the agri-food sectors and up until 2019 was Sector Strategy Director for Beef and lamb Board at the um, AHDB. She has subsequently grown a global portfolio of work across the meat sector through the launch of Lavender Park, her own consultancy business, which is working with levy boards, governments and commercial companies to achieve greater success through improved insight and connectivity. And Laura, this is what I really love love about you, that you're not just parochial to um, to the UK, you're co-founder of the trailblazing global Meat Alliance, and is also the founder and global chair of Meat Business Women, which has been recognized by the United Nations as one of the solutions to the global sustainably, uh, sustainable development goals. And, and Laura, I love what I, I saw online. Uh, global Meat Alliance, if you just Google that, the headline, they are on a mission to create a positive global narrative for the meat industry by sharing the best insight and developing joint projects to shine their sector in a new light. Meet business women. If you look at uh, at the site uh, online, the global professional community for women across working across the meat industry. So, 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 Laura, this this, this feels. And Mark and I've said this before. This feels like your. Um, everyone has a has a book in them. Everyone's career is a bit of a book. To me, this feels like you're only halfway through it. Where's this all going, Laura? Yeah, it's a great
1: question. Thanks for a phenomenal sales pitch, there, Max. It makes makes me sound great. Um, I guess t- to say where it's going, I, I need to give a little bit of background of where it's come from uh, to set it in context. So I fell into the meat industry by total accident just over 20 years ago. Um, I, and I probably still feel a bit of a fraud in the meat industry, to be honest with you, because I've got no agricultural background whatsoever. Yeah. Um, I um, I haven't even got a pet. So it was very nice to see your, <laughs> see your new dog, let alone livestock or, or, or keep keeping anything like that alive. So um, I saw a job advertised uh, at a local catering butcher, not far from where I I still live um, in the northeast of England, uh, a graduate position. And I thought marketing meat, that'll be easy. I'll give that a go. Uh, So along I went, wasn't probably quite sure about the the marketing of meat bit, but I really liked and and got on with the owner of the business. And I thought he's a great, we can learn a lot from him. Uh, As a kid, I didn't even like going in the butcher's shop, didn't like the smell. So this wasn't a natural alignment for me. that pretty quickly I got the bug. Love the industry, love the pace, love the challenge. Brilliant. No two days were the same. Everything's moving so quickly. People call it out as as, as it is. There was no yeah. oh, let's kick this into the long grass and digger with it next week. It's happening now and we're sorting it now. And that real uh, tangibility of the sector I loved. So that's that that's the background, and now. Fast forward 20 years, you know, it's it's phenomenal to be running three businesses, two, two of which are global, as you say, Meat Business Women and Global Meat Alliance. Where that goes next, I see those two in particular growing as the pre-competitive challenges around the meat industry grow. That's the joy of Global Meat Alliance. We, we come together in a pre-competitive space to talk about what we can do collectively um, for the meat industry. And then also Meat Business Women, we know the... Um, CSR, the ESG agenda, so environment, social governance is really important for, for the meat uh, supply chain to demonstrate and we need to get great talent and to re- retain great talent into our sector. And some of that needs to be female. So um, in order to make sure we get that and retain it, then we, we run meat business women. So um, yeah, growing those two, getting into more countries and, and getting even
0: more punch behind them.
1: would be my, my answer
0: <laughs> And, and and Laura, the, the the meat sector has has re- received a lot of criticism over the over uh, re- recent recent years. Un, unfounded. What what's what's your what's your remit and, and that of the Global Meat Alliance and, and Meat Business Women? Are you like the Royal Family and and you just be quiet? We we do not engage. Or or do you feel that the best thing to do is counter? Uh, and what, what what's what's your philosophy there, please?
1: Yeah, so if I give the example for meat business women, and we've found it, we've um, done two pieces of, of global research one three years ago and, and, and another one this year, which we actually just launched uh, last month, which is on the if anyone wants to, to take a look at it. And it's a basic gender representation report triggered by the UN, and the UN saying, why does the meat industry not know how many women are working within it and what are the enablers and barriers? So we invested in a huge piece of independent research to understand that. And from both that initial research in 2020 and what we released last month, it showed that the meat industry is still somewhat faceless. We are improving. And over the last three years, Meat Business Women has had uh, some major campaigns, such as the She Looks Like Meat campaign. So we know people, particularly women working outside the meat industry, think um. The meat industry is farming and butchering. There's not a line of sight on the other jobs that exist, be that technical, commercial, marketing, you know, the list goes on and on. So we have put a human face to a lot of those jobs that exist. And we've also done deep dives into some of those jobs that are a little bit more abstract that people wouldn't think of to show um, the people that are doing them, so the importance of role modelling. People want to see someone that looks like them doing that job. Uh, so we've done a huge part, um, piece of work in that space um as well as putting a human face so yeah the meat industry does um attract criticism, but we we I see particularly over the last five years the meat industry evolving um meat businesses are telling their story better uh, and being um, more transparent. Um, And from the GMA perspective, on a a global level, meat industry is now coming together and having those macro conversations at an intergovernmental level, which is really important, because if we're not around the table, we know the anti-meat lobby is very well aligned, very well funded, and if we don't come together, then we can easily get picked off.
0: Yeah, well, well I, I think it's desperately um, unfair. And There's a lot of um, uh, com- comparisons. We, we've got a, a, a broadcast coming up at uh, some point later in the year on air freight. Um, and um, we got sent over a 24 page document as to what one particular um, air freight company is looking to do to reduce emissions. And, and it, it, it is it is it is amazing what, what they're, they're looking to do, but they're so badly represented. Represented to the point that I had someone um, in my social circle moaning to me about how uh, we should stop um, um, air freight. What good does it do? As, and they then said, "Do you want a blueberry?" And I said, "Those blueberries are from from Peru. They were air freighted in." And it, it's sort of the same with the with the with the meat sector. And I, I do think, uh, without trying to cross the line, um, with all the alternatives that are available the marketing spiel has been to lambast the meat sector when actually the the, the meat sector does does fantastically uh good things whether that be in the, in the uk or internationally but it's, it's always very difficult for our sectors to promote ourselves laura well, let's ask mark mark what do you think I, 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 you know definitely from from your dairy background it's so difficult to influence the the consumers that when so so many of the consumers have an urban background rather than an agricultural background
2: mark yeah, no, I definitely agree. It's a really, really difficult thing to, to try and do an influence. And um, how we go about that is learning from people like Laura and, and, and trying to break those barriers down.
0: Yeah, well, well done. So, so to Laura, net, network, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm so I'm sorry, this is going to sound um, very patronising, but I'm so proud of you that you don't have an agricultural background. Um, I, I don't um either. But the fact that you've been... Well, to point you've been so accepted by the sector and you're making such a success, um, with, with the likes of uh, Global Meat Alliance and, and Meet Business Women. But th- this this network uh, element so the title of today is Building a Global Network. Was that easy to build a global network, Laura?
1: Um, again, I suppose, um, and I said earlier about my career, it was pretty much by accident. So, this is probably not great as I, as I talk to talk, uh, particularly my consultancy work as a strategic expert. Uh, and sometimes some of these founding blocks in my career have come along uh, accidentally. So if we take the meat Business Women one first, um, as you said in the intro, I was becoming more senior at AHDB and, and um, I, I got to director level position there. And I was noticing I was the only female on a lot of occasions in the room at senior level meetings um, with my peers and particularly in, in Meet related really, there to meet the livestock meetings. Um, And then I'd come back up north on a weekend and chat to my mates and they would say, marketing me sounds awful. What are you doing that for? And I realised that we had not only had a pipeline issue, there was no other women in the room. And also a reputational issue uh, that we weren't attracting ourselves to female talent. So really, I was wanting to network. I realised I'd networked probably as hard as I could in my little bubble and I wanted to reach out to other women. And it's, it's funny you mentioned the front of the grocer there. There's other women on the front of the grocer that I wanted to reach out to and connect with that felt a million miles from my network bubble. And I thought, how do I do that? Where do I find them and have the probably confidence to reach out to them? So I was looking for a networking event. I spoke to a few colleagues and said, is the one. Um, and we pretty quickly realised there wasn't. Uh, so I um, naively booked a room uh, in London and got um, a speaker along and sent out an email and said, does anyone want to come along and um, maybe just have a bit of networking and chat about the meat industry? And if you'd said to me then, Max, actually, do you know what? This is going to be the start of a global network. I'd have backed off. I'd have thought, no, thanks. I haven't got the time for this. I've got a full-time job. I've got a lot going on. Um, I, I definitely don't want to be setting that up. But, and I guess this is my first learning point for today around networking is start small. It was a small step. It was an initial step and it felt relatively easy and manageable for me. So what, and then what I experienced in that room was a huge amount of passion of other folks that want to come together, that want to talk about their careers, personal development, challenges in the sector and um, do that relatively regularly. Then we became established in UK, then in Ireland, and then um, in 2019 we expanded into Australia and to New Zealand, wow. and then also I spoke at the United Nations. And each of those steps came really one by one. If you have given that to me all in 2015, as I said, i said, no, thank you. I can't do it. So um, no, it probably wasn't the original strategy, but it was the right it was and is the right way to go. So It probably wasn't as hard as as you maybe think it was, but it's having that and it's understanding. And I know uh, Mark's a big fan of it and and you watch it as well. Simon Sinek in terms of knowing, understanding your why. This has been my why. This has been something that I'm really passionate about. So some days, you know, you think, oh, this feels a slog. I've got to do my consultancy and I want to drive my business moving forward but because I'm so passionate about it and it's my why and it's not just me I'm surrounded by amazing people both on our boards and our committees and our community it pushes it forward and um, having that power of the community and a power of a tribe is
0: absolutely phenomenal so starting small is the first thing yeah, I, I love the way you present that. I could just, you, you, to me, you treat a a, a conversation to so the number of people in a village hall up north the same as talking to the United Nations. It's like, yeah, here, yeah, this is what I do. Yeah, and so to so, so Mark, do you think networking is a dirty word?
2: No, I don't think it is. And just before we jump onto that question, um, it's a really good point about not eating the cake all at once and doing it step by step and starting small. Gemma has just asked about the the gender balance report, which I think I've googled rightly. Offer of the week meet business women, I'll put the link in in there to, to, to that page so you can you can um, gain uh, the information that you need um, and have a little victory through the report. But in terms of network, no, I don't think it's a dirty word. They say what's the what's the, the coining phrase, your network's your net worth. We all we're all built around relationships in a community. And if we've all if we can get a, a group of people together that got a, a similar interest, then hopefully like Laura, how she can take on the world.
0: Yeah, and, and the, the, exactly a couple of points there uh, from from Laura's inception of creating that 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 meeting. Look look where that that's that's taken, Laura. I, I suppose where I was going at is that um, we all know those those consummate and, and and frankly quite annoying people who are so good at networking that you, you meet them at an event. And, and you feel like the, you're the you're, you're the best friend uh for, for two minutes they, they extract all the information out of you, they swap business cards, and then you turn around and they're, they're on to the next one. And and they're so so you know, I think the, the probably the best example was Bellasconi. Uh where am I gonna go with this one? Um so the uh, Italian um um, uh, president, prime minister, president who recently uh, passed away, there's a great story um, in one of his obituaries that he was a consummate uh, networker That age 22. He wanted to get this uh, major uh, building construction uh, tender, um, and he found out that the head of the council uh, was traveling from Milan to Turin, I think it was, on, on a train, and he managed to befriend this, the secretary of this uh, this in, in individual, found out the train he was going on, found out the seat he was going on, and managed to book the seat opposite him. Uh, uh, two hours later, Berth was at the bar on the train, uh, drunk as a doodal with, with this individual, um, talking about the, uh, the 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 best restaurants to go to Milan, and Kelso Pisi won the contract. But but to to me that's such an extreme example. I think some people are a little bit frightened, uh, Laura, of of networking because they just it's it's quite a thing to walk up to someone uh, that you don't know and say hi. I I do this. What do you do? Uh, can I sell you something? But but Laura, it's not Just go back to, uh, to to basics. It's not like that. But for, for the younger generations, uh, especially the students that, that that are dialed in, what would your advice be on a nuts and bolt basis as as to how to network and, and where to network, please?
1: Yeah, and uh, I think it's something else to share. I'm not a natural networker. So in terms of, am I really great at networking? Uh, I've got better at it over time. And as with a lot of things, it comes with experience and confidence around what it is you're actually doing. But fundamentally, have I been that person at an event that's probably gone and stayed in the toilet a bit too long at the hand basins and thinking, I don't want to go back out there because I don't really know anybody. Yes. Um, So I think um, it's about being bold and brave and that would be my my, my second learning. I think when we talk about starting small, that's really important, Uh, not only in terms of the steps you're making, but the network that you're reaching out to. I think if you think, gosh, I want this massive network and I want to have an extra 300 people in my zeitgeist it's 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 not going to happen and I think it's about starting with a handful of maybe six seven eight people that you want to uh, bring into your network this year how are you going to do that who do you really admire and it could be someone totally out of the industry as well and that's really helpful rather as we we are uh, sometimes as a in livestock industry sometimes a bit a bit terrible at just speaking to ourselves so it's always good to look to out so um i'm very lucky that i've got um a strong what i've a personal board and this is what i would really encourage okay. people to do but having um and it's very advantageous for me because i run three businesses and i don't i'm not and sat next to others every day um so if you're a like if you're a farmer um, and you're running your own business, that's really, really hard. So having a personal board is important. And these are people that probably become friends over time, but ones that you can ring up and have a conversation with about, do you know what, I'm thinking about X, Y, and Z. What do you think? What would your advice be? And your example there, Max, about, do you know what, a, consummate, a professional networker comes up to you, gets all the information out of you, and then disappears. My argument would be they're not a great networker, because a good networker is someone that has a conversation with you, listens, And and that's really, really important and is curious, listens to you. And then flip side, you could talk to them about your perceptions of industry, what you're seeing. So um, being bold and brave, I reached out to um, a couple of senior CEOs in our industry uh, and said, I would like to spend a couple of hours with you a year. Would it be possible for me to come and see you and be in my personal board or be a mentor to me? Um, and I'm fortunate enough that these people have said yes. So I go and have a sit down with them every so often, and probably the week before I'm writing a list of these are the sort of things that I want to ask them about, and these are the sort of questions. But it's really interesting to me, the questions that they ask me, because and it's that because it, wherever you are in an organisation, you're not necessarily cited of other, other things that are happening at the other end of the pipe, wherever it may be. And that's why CEOs love reverse mentoring. They love having conversations with young grads. What are they seeing on the shop floor? What's really yeah. impacting them? Because they're sealed away from that a lot of occasions. Yeah. So being bold and brave. And even if some of those folks come back and say, no, I haven't got the time, that's totally fine. You're going to lose absolutely nothing. And I know it feels scary about, you know, going up and having that conversation face-to-face. And I think that's the joy of things like social media. And it's great to have that messaging service on there to say, do you know what? I would really appreciate if I could have a chat with you in the next eight weeks. Could you let me know when you've got 30 minutes in the next eight weeks to have a conversation? Um, And starting off slowly and having that hit list. Who's on your personal board? It's like layers of an onion, really. Who are your friends and family? Who are the ones that are keeping you honest? Who do you want on your personal board? Those ones that you want those special conversations with. And the next layer out, that's probably a wider network. And that's great. And that's attending events. I mean, business women, that's attending women in food and ag. That's attending uh, HDP events and a few events and all the rest of it. But they're not the necessarily those people that you want to be checking in with every month. So you need to of the layers of the union and start small and be bold and brave. And I think it always in the back of your mind. And I notice this probably because I do more coaching with women. They, they'll say, oh, they're going to say no. They're not going to go for that. Nine times out of ten, they will go for that. And if they don't, you've lost absolutely
0: nothing. Yeah. what yep. Well, well done. I've just had. Four Can people, I just jump
2: in? I'll just four, jump in there. Yeah, okay, just had four people
0: message me saying, "I've never, never heard that expected before of a personal board." What? What a great example, Mark. Go. I
2: was going to say, there's some some really good points there that that seem to be, and definitely, I'm not a natural. I'm not a natural networker. But I think the bits that are just rung true is, have a think of people that align to your why of why you want to be involved and, and, and get some so you can get some key bits out of some developments for yourself out of that but also um have an understanding of yourself that your personal limitations and some which then could wane towards your strengths can can help to help to do that i suppose my question laura to you is so we have covered a few points there about building the network and the ingredients to being successful what about personal brand yeah. how do you sell yourself in those situations, to to build these networks.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting you say that because it's this is another thing that's going to push out your comfort zone. Oh. At least I found it pushing out stuff out my comfort zone. The people, fundamentally, and the thing that I would like people to take away from today is people buying people. We all know that, but when you go back to basics, whatever it is you're buying, be it a service, be it a new car, whatever. It, you it's really important that that person that you're buying from and that connection and that trust that you're putting to somebody and over time um I've realized it's really important for me to be authentic and to be the real me and um for example when I was at HDB I probably was the real me but sometimes the the I would put a lens on because I think oh gosh I'm um, presenting about all this levy that we're collecting and I shouldn't be the northern me and I should maybe speak slightly differently or uh, you know I over prepare this is so important and that that's all fine but actually now I work for myself I've realized actually that having that level of authenticity and on times and I know this is again probably a more female word but we all have it that imposter syndrome and that vulnerability to actually show some of that that is when you're most powerful when you show your vulnerability because if you show your vulnerability and you ring somebody up or you message them and you say you know what i just need a bit of help with this would you be able to give me x amount of time because i'm not quite sure i'd love to get your thoughts need your advice nine times out of ten that person will bounce straight back and they'll say of course people buy from people and people want to help nice people so that' that that's the sign. I wouldn't go in it pretending you're something different, pretending you're someone else. it's about uh, what does your maybe I'm still a bit guilty about that because the advice I'm going to give in a minute you're going to say, well hmm, is she following that? things as basic as your LinkedIn profile photo. is that a, a, a true reflection of the person that you are And it's interesting I had this conversation with um, one of our community not long ago and she said, oh, do you know what my LinkedIn photos?" A real corporate photo and I'm not really a corporate person honestly Virtually more of an outdoorsy person I'm like well why aren't you changing that and then so it's about making sure that you, everything that you have and it makes us feel uncomfortable out there is a, a true representation of yourself and it's about using social tools so um people like um Amy Burke do this really well, yeah, yeah, well uh, at the IGD she's brilliant at posting on the socials about what she's up to uh and and links that back to key learnings and that can be anything if you're out on farm people are fascinated about farming and me too you know what you're doing in your day just two minutes to film it say what you're up to and and people will engage so it's authenticity would be my um number three takeout after start small be brave and bold and be authentic
2: yeah, and Tony Tony in the comments has just said be yourself you'll be amazing how many doors that 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 will will, will open for you so thank you for that comment Tony Tony
0: no, was, I've got a, a a lovely example I've got a, a friend I was at uh, Harper Adams with other other institutions are available and uh, she's a fantastic farmer uh, lives by herself. Um, Everything's uh, contracted out and she has uh, offices that she rents out and she, uh, two years ago, she felt uh, very, very lonely. um, And she's talked to a number of her personal board, I love that expression. um, And I said to her, why don't you start doing some videos? Um, Moving forward to present day, she does a daily video walking her dogs of everything that you see on the farm. And and these videos are getting um, 250 views um, by by 10 o'clock in the morning in the comments. It's like 10, 10, 15, 30 comments. And and there's a range of people from agriculture, but also people from her local community. And she's now become a a, a local counselor um, and she's now feeling really engaged. And she didn't realize that her, her route to success—we all hate these things—was actually this because she can actually can communicate, and she created this own personal brand by by what Tony's just said and what Laura's just said and Mark's just said by being being um, authentic. So so, but it, but Laura, it's not going to work for um, everyone. So we've got the, those examples of the Uber networkers, and I love what you say that they're not very good at networking. And you have got those people who who are potentially really um, not happy about about coming out at all. How do we help those people, Laura? How, how do we get them to engage with us?
1: yeah and you don't need to go and set up your own networking um groups uh, like i have uh, i think it's just finding your tribe where do you feel most comfortable and who, where do you get your energy from and this is the thing you know um whatever work that you do it can't always be fun but how do you make it as fun as possible and enjoyable as possible and who do you have around you after your immediate friends and family that are going to energize you so that might well be more in social pursuits or or it might may well be professional networks and they probably already exist around you. So I think it's nice to spend a bit of time. And that that's my one of my other key takeouts. Um, and I can't remember exactly what you said, Max, earlier on. It was in terms of, you know, is um networking a not a dirty word, but yeah. is it is is it a real, yeah. should, should we really be doing it? I think this is, and it's something that came out of our report in terms of women in particular, we do not dedicate enough time to networking because we've got busy day jobs, probably caring responsibilities on top. Networking feels a bit of a nice task, not business critical. And I think that's a key learning for us all is we need to carve out a little bit of time. Now, that can be just two hours a month. And you're going think about, do you know what, I want to spend half an hour a week on networking. And to begin with, that might be a half an hour looking at LinkedIn to see who I think is great and who I would be interested to have a conversation with. It might be having a look at what local groups are around me or, do you know what, booking a national conference that I want to go to. Who is my tribe? Who gives me energy? And I'm going to dedicate two hours a month to that. And then it may well be I'm going to call and reach out to so, so many people across the year. I think the bottom line is you've got to have the time. And that, and it can be really basic like that. But if you start kicking it into the long grass, it isn't going to happen. And remember, that plan can start really small. We're not asking you to go and stand up on a stage and, you know, do <laughs> something like that. And you might be, and actually, you might be really great at that. And networks are always looking for great speakers. So if that floats you boat, that's a perfect one to reach out to. But there's, I would, where's your energy coming from? Where's your tribe? If you if you know where it is already, great. Spend more time with it. If you don't know where it is,
0: but make sure you, you find some time to invest in, in terms of uh, research. Yeah, Laura, there's a, a, a statement that Mark and Isaac and I used over these broadcasts that the better people that uh, we come across, the better leaders, they spend a minimum of 20, 25% of their time thinking. So I, I think we can put that networking into that thinking pot uh, that if you're um, uh, going, going away, taking time out to, uh, to, to network, to attend a meeting, um, you, you don't. Be curious. You don't know what's going to happen unless you actually go. Uh, so, so I, I think that yeah. That what do you think, Mark? That twenty five percent definitely. Um, we we could put the networking um, element into that.
2: Yeah. No. Definitely. Definitely. It needs to come on that 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 point and. The, the, Speaking with uh, one of our previous speakers from the Leader forum, Jamil uh, Qureshi, who's a performance psychologist, put six people to world number one, he'll always say that the the best people uh, that he's worked with that have achieved those kind of accolades of being number one in the world are the ones that know when to step back and know when to to do things like thinking and networking and building on those things, rather than just being busy fools trying to continue and continually work. And I think it's a bit of a perception thing, Laura, would you say? I think you've touched on it then. networking it's just a bit of a jolly where actually yeah. it's not i know isaac will always say when we're planning our conference that you should never under underestimate the value of a good piss-up which he's referring to yeah. we make sure that the tea and coffee breaks and we make sure that the areas around the key content there's enough time for people to link with people
1: definitely yeah. and it's funny with our conferences people still say oh you're off on your jolly uh, but it's it's yeah. It, it's so so important to get that energy from others and understand some business insight and to make those business connections and personal development connections. So definitely make the time, and the time doesn't need to be huge. Everyone's got busy day jobs, and particularly if you're farming, it's mammoth hours. So it's it, it's start small.
0: Okay, uh, Laura, leaders. Um, that, that's w- one of the, the reasons that uh, we're, we're very keen to have uh, the, the likes of yourself and Olympic skiers and other people available on, on these type of um, uh, broadcasts. What? What? And crikey, looking look at the news at the moment, we need we need some uh, we need some decent leaders. Uh, um, on the go what could be done do you think to make better leaders in our sectors and I suppose also and the current world um particularly surrounding uh, developing a network how, how can we make better leaders whether that be people within our team or, or ourselves how
1: yeah and when I think about this I think about what do I see good leaders do and the good leaders that I spend time with I see them do a couple of things one of which is um be really open when they don't know. Uh, and I really like that. When you're in a room with a leader and maybe they're C-suite and there's a conversation going on and they don't hog that conversation. And if a topic comes up they say, you know, we, we don't know, I'm not sure, but ask for clarification. Because if they're asking for clarification, that means a lot of other people around the table probably don't know the answer to that question either. But sometimes and myself included in the past, I probably wouldn't have put my hand up and said, you know what, I'm not quite sure I understand that. So I think that's really nice and refreshing, not to always, for a leader, not to always think I have to be a subject matter expert, because you can't be. Mm. And we're probably lacking a little bit of that at the moment in terms of um, leadership, if you're talking, you know, more generally, that we've seen people trying to say not, they don't have all the answers when they don't necessarily. Uh, And I think something else that I use when I'm with leaders um, is, uh, and I think it's a real cute networking tip, is asking them who in their network that you should be talking to.
0: Brilliant. Because
1: these people have amazing networks. Everybody has a different network and you don't even need to be a leader that you're talking to, but somebody else uh, who is the one person that I should be talking to in your network. And then that gives you a really easy intro yeah. because they're happy for you to mention their name. Yeah. And if they're that one person that they've mentioned, nine times out of 10, they're someone that, that, that's a someone really good, to, that's worth talking to, then yeah, I, I pick up on that. And then, then you ask that person, oh, right, who in your network should I be talking to? There's yeah. a bit like a pyramid scheme. And it's interesting, some of the best people, a tribe, have come into us that, through that route just asking that question. So- yeah, I, so I suppose what I'm trying to say is, good leadership isn't is is always not having a hog the limelight, not knowing all the answers, and sharing their network too, and being able to be open and say, very happy to intro you and let X know that we want a conversation with you. So being generous, that's what I I, I see.
0: Well What well this being generous? I'm going to throw some other other uh, words in that Mark and I have learned: generous, collaborative, uh, thoughtful, authentic. Mark, what do you think? Will, will that will that make us um, and uh, and those external people better leaders?
2: Yeah, no, I think so. And, and, and it's, it's it's all about relationships, isn't it? It's all about understanding individuals and building trust with those people that that, that you've got something in common and you're all s- somehow working towards a similar kind of goal, um, and, and, and output. And then once you're 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 building those relationships, it's leveraging those relationships to help connect and widen and, and, and push things forward. But I think yeah. the key thing, like you said, Laura, is is you don't suddenly have to have a networking event. So it's, it's, it's built, connecting with a couple of people and, and yeah. becoming comfortable with that and then working it forward as you move as you move it forward. Is,
1: and it might well be, think I want to get six new people in my network and I'm going to take between now and year end to get those six. Because what you don't want to do is connect with one and then say, oh, yeah, I'd love to check in with you again next month and then not for it to happen. And that's why the investment in time is really important. And Keeping it small allows you to deliver. And the other bit of good leadership that I've seen is um, Tara McCarthy. She was um, CEO of Board Beer and is now moved over to Altec. Um, And she was speaking at one of our events. And I asked her, how do you find time to network? You know, you're moving so quickly. And, you know, and she was really open about that. You know what? I didn't used to be very... Good at it, I didn't used to dedicate time. Now I do because I know I learned something new from every single interaction. And it's that learning mindset and open mindset that we see from great leaders, not trying to know it all, being really open and dedicating the time.
0: Well, well done. And, and uh, team, just going, going back a, a little bit, uh, I've just had a question from, from WhatsApp. We, we've spoken in the last two, three years with the broadcast that we do with the HDB and other broadcasts about mentoring and how it's really great to have a mentor. Um, one of my contacts has just said, explain the rules of mentoring. That I, I think there's a, a, a slight naivety with the, sorry, younger generation that they think that um, they can approach someone like, like yourself, Laura, and they'll be able to sit down with you every week for two hours, and they'll be able to tell you everything about um um, about about family issues, or, or whether want to go career wise, or where, where would you go on holiday? And and that's not the purpose of a of a, of a mentor. That's um, I, I love what you said earlier, Laura, about uh, with your uh, personal board that you would engage with them for two hours, um, say a year. And, and you've obviously got the intellectual horsepower to be able to take that nugget of um, of of what you learned from from that uh, two hour inter- interaction, and to to use it as a stepping stone to go the next next way through. Laura, would you would you agree that if you're going to look to approach a mentor, don't over uh, um, over engage with them don't overload them uh, because they're going to be so busy and they're going to have a number of people approaching them so they, they might want to be so selective what would be your advice uh, to say especially the younger generation if they're looking to to adopt this personal board uh, this this mental um, a, a approach how they should engage and, and how they should present it to a, a, a potential um, mental what would your advice be please yeah I
1: think it'd be really clear on your ask and be really both in terms of time and topic um, and what you want to get out of it. So I think um, if someone came to sit down with you every week, I just just couldn't do it, I haven't got the time, but if someone came and said, these are the specifics I want to talk to you about and it's two hours a year, then actually that's a different conversation. So I think mutually agreeing what the parameters of that mentoring is gonna be and um, it's for the mentee, to make sure that they do all the running they set up the meetings they come with a strong agenda uh and and make sure that they get the best possible out of that mentor as soon as it and i've been in a few relationships in terms of mentoring mentor and we, we run a mentoring service on the business women on our website and it, it where we see it comes disconnected it's when it, it balance ticks into the mentor chasing for the meeting or chasing for the agenda then I, Spirit and, disconnected. and that might be because the match isn't quite there anymore or the mentee needs to, to take some time out. But I think being really open from the get-go about what you want to get out of that relationship. It's yeah, well like any other relationship. You need to be really clear from the get-go and even probably have um, a contract. sounds too strong a word, but bullet points on an email. These are the five things that we're going to do over the next Brilliant. year. And if, if we fail on any of these,
0: then we'll... Brilliant. So, T, t- we're, we're running out of time. We didn't say earlier that Mark is on a, on, on a, on a great visit. Mark, t- just tell us where, where you are uh, this morning, where you're going this, this afternoon. Show off for us.
2: So today with the HDB, um, we're, we're on farm. Um, as a whole organization. Um, So today I'm at um, Pilkington Farms with Matt Pilkington and his family and in just outside of Daventry um, looking at his, well I'm not looking at the dairy unit, Um, the rest of the team are looking at the dairy unit having an understanding of the dairy business Uh, and then this afternoon we're heading somewhere to James Hendrick um, to look at his beef and um, sheep farm Um, to, to get a bit more insight into to, to what we, we serve and, and do for our living buyers.
0: Um, Mark, what are you going to tell everyone this afternoon on, on the back of what we've learned from Laura? There you go.
2: So do you want me to get, so that this, it's the key things that we've, we've we talked about um, earlier? And it's I think it, it starts small um, and, and and aligns some people that, that you really want to get under the skin with, that could, I suppose quite crudely, that you can nick a bit of insight from them and, and learn from them that have inspired you to, uh, um, to push forward and, and just yeah, put your big girl, big boy, whatever pants <laughs> on, um, which I know I have to do that. I'm, I'm crap at networking. Sorry to swear. you sweary today, Laura. I'm not very good at, at doing that. Um, I, I don't like standing in front of people. Give me some detail and something to plan. And that's where I find myself very, very comfortable. But I can do those things that I'm not comfortable doing, but I just have to prepare myself to dial up to do that. And that might be the case with, with networking. We look at... Talking Leaders as a series, I've I've harvested a lot of great and wonderful speakers through delving into my network, but also approaching people on LinkedIn and going, yeah. Hi Mark, this is what I do. I'd really like to have a chat with you and learn a bit about what you do, and you'll be amazing. I was very surprised how many people go, Yeah, I'll give you ten minutes, fifteen minutes to have a chat over the phone, and before you know it, they're a guest, and uh, and then then you're they're leading you to to other people. Um, so, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, Laura. Mark is underselling himself as as normal because he's been to a number of uh, TEDx um, events within the UK and gone a doorstep speakers afterwards on a, on a networking basis, and hence why we've ended up with the, with the likes of Olympic skiers and people walked up Everest and uh, and and your good self. So, so Laura, we learned so so much from you today. You're gonna you're gonna sum up for us, Laura, uh, just from my per- perspective. The two the three two main things I've got down. I'll, I'll be from yourself. I've been bold and brave and have a personal board. Laura, wrap up for us. What, what's the success of building a global network? What can we learn from you, please? What, what's, the, what's the key to success?
1: Um, I think the key to success is being, is being happy and doing something that you love and enjoy and making your day job fun again, uh, and also financially viable. Let's be honest. We need to you know push our businesses forward, and those that are watching this are key leaders in industry. And we want you to survive and thrive. So I think that that's the, for me, that's been the personal benefit. I, I enjoy what I'm doing and uh, and, and it gives me the, the, the life that I want, which, which is really fantastic. Awesome. I guess in terms of those takeaways, it's about starting small. It's about making sure you're curious and you listen when you have those conversations. It's about being bold and brave, as you say, Max. Uh, and it's making time, dedicate the time and be authentic. And all of that, those five things, will wrap up into a personal board and then a wider network. Think about where your energy comes from and find a tribe.
0: Boom, Laura. Thank you. You're absolutely fantastic, and it's a, it's amazing to have someone. And I've obviously been completely genuine about this. Having someone who's on the front page of the Grocer magazine <laughs> uh, on this uh, broadcast today, Mark. Anything else to summarise?
2: No. It's been thank you very much, Laura. It's been really, really good, and um, and you've covered some really, really good. Good points to, to to start that journey uh, 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 and push forward. So, thank you very much for your time. Um, and if anybody would like any more information uh, on what we do in the Agri Leader program, please just um, look on the website um, ahdb.org.uk forward slash Agri Leader. Um, and please subscribe and, and get involved in our little community and, and, and keep pushing things forward.
0: And, and, and thank you, Mark. And just to sum up uh, WhatsApp just uh, in uh, Laura's brilliant, Mark is brilliant. Uh, Max, can you be replaced by the puppy ongoing? So there you go. Yeah.
2: <laughs> we'll have to talk to the chairman.
0: <laughs> no, I, I think it's very expensive. Laura, Mark, thank you very much. Mark, enjoy the join the beach trip this afternoon. Laura, we look forward to the ongoing success you're going to create. Thank well you. Take care. Have a thank, day.
2: Have a good thank, you. thank you. Bye 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 bye.